Hey, Rajkumar here. It's Tuesday, May 25th. Welcome to the Living the Dream Show with Kevin White. This is the podcast where we partner in God's dream of every nation, tribe and tongue worshipping Jesus in heaven and it being on earth today as it already is in heaven. On Friday, June 4, Kevin will be sharing a powerful message from God's word entitled God's Way of Others First. I hope you'll join us for this international live broadcast from the USA via Zoom, YouTube or Facebook at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday, June 4. Details at KevinWhite.us. We'll see you there. Okay, now here's Kevin with today's show. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Kevin. You're listening to Living the Dream Show, and I'm so grateful. If you're watching this on YouTube, I am waving at you right now. I want to give you a warm welcome to the show today. Everyone listening in the USA and India, Australia, Africa, Canada, all over the world, people are listening in to this message, Living the Dream, and we welcome you back to part three of a four-part interview between Pastor J.D. Greer of the Summit Church and an author speaker, Rebecca McLaughlin. And she is going to be sharing today an excerpt of this conversation. But today's episode is about becoming safe for the differences of others. It's a message we desperately want to champion here on living the dream we all need to hear this message so listen in to part three of four of this interview between pastor jd greer and rebecca mclaughlin when it comes to that issue of sexuality um that's very i mean one of the most poignant parts of confronting christianity it was your own personal story in this mm -hmm. how you reckoned with this and and how you felt in the church and if you're comfortable with it, as as comfortable as you are, I, I'd love for you to to share some of that story and what that process was like, and you understanding how the gospel spoke to you. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, I, as long as I can remember, I've been a follower of Jesus, and as long as I can remember, I've been attracted to women primarily rather than men. And so, growing up, this was something honestly that I thought I, I would grow out of. I was like, oh, you know, this is probably a phase that I'm going through. Not really sure what to make of it, but like, hopefully, something that I'll grow out of someday. Um, went off to college, thought, you know, this is the time I'm going to start being attracted to, to guys rather than girls. Uh, immediately found that that wasn't the case. <laughs> um, got into grad school. And at that point, I was like, okay, I can't really tell myself I'm just going to grow out, out of this anymore. I'm like kind of a proper grown up at this point. And for a long time, it just felt honestly like a, a, a sad waste. Um, it was something of which I was ashamed and it didn't seem to be doing anything useful in the world, the fact that, uh, you know, I'd find myself just falling in love with women and not with men. Um, I ended up, you know, somewhat to my surprise, uh, marrying a, a wonderful Christian man. Um, and whereas I'd been very open with him about my, um, my struggles with same-sex attraction, I hadn't actually talked about this to some, even of my closest Christian friends. Um, so we moved over here 13 years ago and even for several years after that, I wasn't talking with my friends. It was only after gay marriage was legalized across America in 2015. And I felt a real, just like burden on my heart for wanting a better articulation of the, the beautiful story of biblical sexual ethics to be told 
And it, it seemed to me that often churches weren't actually doing a good job of, of telling that story. So folks were either saying, you know what, we're going to completely throw out what the Bible says uh, about same-sex sexuality and we're going to um, affirm same-sex sexual relationships. Or they were saying, you know what, we're kind of going to double down on a, a culture wars mentality um, and double down on the ways in which Christians have, have often, like, honestly acted sort of hatefully towards LGBT people. And it broke my heart to see this. And so I, I felt like I wanted to be a tiny little part of the public conversation here, but I hadn't even had those conversations with my closest Christian friends. And the reason that I hadn't was that I was afraid that if, if I was honest about my experiences of same-sex attraction, that my, my female friends would take just like a half step away from me. And, and that was a, a terrifying prospect for me as someone who, um, you know, longs for that connection. And, and I think for all of us, whatever our, our struggles with sin are, we'll find that if, if our legitimate needs are not being met in healthy ways, that's often when we're sort of most tempted to reach for, for things that aren't, aren't healthy for us. Um, so I was, I was afraid of that, that sense of stepping half a step back. What I came to realize was that actually, by not talking about this issue for me, I was actually taking half a step back away from my friends. Mm. I wasn't giving them an opportunity to, to meet me in this. I wasn't giving them an opportunity to, you know, to be my, my sister's um, to, to be able to speak truth and love into my life. And I think one of Satan's best weapons against us is convincing each of us that whatever our struggle with sin is, that it's not something we can talk about right. to our close Christian friends. Rebecca, let me ask this. How can evangelical churches be safe places mm. for people that find themselves where you were mm. those years ago? Mm. I think it's really easy for us as Christians, to talk about the LGBT community out there and the church here as if these are completely separate communities. When the reality is, if we, if we look at the statistics around the patterns of same-sex attraction, it seems like about 14% of women and about 7% of men experience some significant degree of same-sex attraction. Now, interestingly, only 2% two, uh, 2 of men and 1% of women are exclusively attracted to those of their same sex. So there's the category of folks like me, women who are attracted to other women, but not to the extent that they, they couldn't be happily married to a man, is actually the largest group of LGBT people by far. And, and we need to recognize that in our churches, that means that a significant number of the folks who show up on a Sunday or, or in your small group or in your youth group or community, this will be part of their experience. And so I, rather than always talking as if this is kind of an issue out there, we need to normalize the fact this is probably an issue for many of my brothers and sisters in here. And that I, as an individual, and we as a group, need to be a place where, where folks feel comfortable sharing their struggles. Um, I, I think in, in many churches, it's easier to confess a pornography addiction than same-sex attraction. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong, I think it's really important that people are able to talk about their pornography addiction and get help from their brothers and sisters in Christ. But I think we've got things really messed up if we've sort of allowed that to be a conversation where we actually haven't created space for people who are struggling with same-sex attraction. Hey, it's Rajkumar. Kevin will be right back. I invite you to visit kevinwhite.us and join thousands of subscribers to Kevin's daily one-minute motivation series called Generously Blessed. Kevin's book, Audacious Generosity, is an international bestseller. 
audacious generosity is available in paperback, handbook, ebook, and audiobook at kevinwhite.us. And worldwide, everywhere books are sold. A serial entrepreneur, Kevin has helped start hundreds of businesses, non-profits, and churches. Kevin loves to help people prosper from God's guidance and provisions. As founder or executive director of Global Hope India, Kevin has traveled over 1 million miles to 27 different countries, speaking to thousands of audiences throughout India and the world. Schedule Kevin today at kevinwhite.us. Make sure to visit globalhopeindia.org and join thousands of people who pray, give and go. Global Hope India has over 20 years of missions experience in India. Now everyone can go to India virtually on one of GHI's virtual mission teams. Over 1 billion people in India have never held a Bible. Most people in India lack access to even know about Jesus. Join Global Hope India in changing that. Go to globalhopeindia.org today to pray, give, go. Okay, now back to the show. What do you say specifically to, to people? Because this is, we hear this a lot that, well, you are asking me to deny myself mm-hmm. when, you know, you, like God made me and I've got to love me as me the way that, yeah. that I am. How yeah. do you respond to yeah. that? I would want to say yes. Jesus says that anyone who wants to follow him must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow him. Mm. I think the call on same-sex attracted Christians is to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow Jesus. I think that's actually also the call on heterosexual Christians. And if we've created church culture as a place where only same-sex attracted folk are making real sacrifices to follow Jesus, mm. we've got some major problems on our hands, right? Mm. This is, uh, being a Christian should be an experience of, of denying yourself, but not in a way that ultimately means you lose out. It's almost like you're saying that we've, in general, so dumbed down the call to repentance. Yeah. It's like clean up a few habits when it really is, for any of us, heterosexual, homosexual, or anywhere on that spectrum, you got to deny yourself and lay it all down. Yeah. And you lay it down because Jesus is giving you something better. And by that, I don't mean, I think sometimes we can have a, almost a prosperity gospel way of thinking where, for example, we might bring up our kids and say, you know, if you're a really good girl or boy and like don't mess around sexually, then one day God's going to provide you with this perfect spouse and you have this like amazing, you know, sexually romantically fulfilled life for the rest of, mm-hmm. you know, for the rest of your, your days. Uh, that's not a promise that we're given in the scriptures. The promise that we are given in the scriptures is that anything we give up for Jesus, we will get the reward of Jesus. And that will be so much better than the thing that we could have had. Mm. And we get, we get tangible glimpses of how, what it means to be close to Jesus in his body today. I, I love the biblical metaphor of the church as Jesus's body, because it means that when I feel the like physical embrace of a sister in Christ, if I'm going through a, a season of suffering in my life, that's like in a tangible way, that's the arms of Jesus around me. And if we are providing for and helping each other and listening to each other and caring for each other in the church, we're experiencing Jesus. And, and that's one of the things that I think all, all of us need, but I think especially those who are turning away from their own sexual or romantic fulfillment to follow Jesus. I, I think those folks in particular need to feel the arms of Jesus around them in the local church. 
Thank you for listening to the Living the Dream show with Kevin White. Find the complete archive of all episodes at kevinwhite.us or subscribe for free through your favorite podcast player and never miss an episode. This program copyright Kevin White International Incorporated. All rights reserved. Each week we bring you a message of how the story ends from Revelation 7 is to 9:12 with every nation, tribe and tongue worshiping Jesus in heaven. Remembering to let it be on earth as it already is in heaven as the gift of God's presence through Jesus Christ is accessible to everyone.